You're one of those mean cats, huh, Sophie? Yeah, she's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> she loves every guest, I think, we ever Don't say have. that. You're supposed to tell me that yeah, she never I likes guests. <laughs> she's all, she's, I'm, you know. This is the only person she's ever liked. Hi. We were at, um, record store not that far away from the convention center in anaheim uh, by nam and were you uh, at nam this year i've been at nam for 11 straight years yeah which is which is the best up? part of my job because i fucking love nam yeah. i love it uh, uh yeah you guys were at the tech awards right we were yeah. there yeah right on i one of the toys i brought was, was something i worked on Wait, that was nominated that night we've got stuff oh my god maybe can we, we should see, maybe can we see some stuff when do you when oh, do you show Dave, do you want to grab do you want to grab it sure yeah Oh my God! What? Sophie the cat, go get it. Do are you? Is this going to be a surprise, or are should I, are you going to tell me before? You uh, it's not that much of a surprise. It's a it's a cool thing. So I have one piece of show and tell Ooh, that baby. I, don't know, I don't know show and tell for for a podcast. Before we get Sorry, too the far, listeners. Who are we talking to here? Hi guys, uh, my name's Soren Peterson. I'm uh, um, a gear bud. I'm a new yeah, gear babe. bud. That's right. I'm, um, I've been working at Sure Incorporated for about 12 years. I'm a product manager who works on wired microphones. So we're going to geek out on some mics today. I hope. Yes. Yeah, mic talk. Yes. Yeah, dude. So uh, as all of our listeners can't see, this is just oh, a fun man. little a fun little show and tell. Yeah. Um, but what episode number this are we, by the way? This is episode 46. 46. Podcast.com. Right wow. on. Right on. I was kind of hoping it was 55. I knew we were getting... <laughs> I, I knew you guys had published through the like the upper 40s, but I wasn't sure where we were in line there. No oh, worries. Uh, so this is just a fun like show and tell thing. It's uh, we made Ooh, a no limi- switch, a huh? limited edition black version Love of those black, a couple man. years ago. Uh, uh, black chromed here in an awesome awesome plating shop in, oh. in the West Loop. Uh, oh, that's just a one off kind of thing. We we made like a limited run of them a couple of years ago. This is so rad. I love it's even got the old logo on the front. Did yeah. the regular 55s have the old logo? Like they that? had uh, a variation on that. That okay. logo, there's like 12, you know, historical versions. It's very much like the Ludwig badge, actually, where it's kind of like formed over time and you can see what era it's from uh, based on the, the badge shape oh, like that. Mark that was, uses a 55, doesn't he? Mark, the singer of my band. Uses, nice. That's his, that's his favorite, nice. favorite thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So this was, uh, this is the super oh 55. God, we have to get one of those. Is there, are those still available? They are not available. Oh. Let me, let me look around the office. Oh, oh, I'll see what I can do. Um, yeah, Mark, so Mark I got lucky to work on this. Dude, I can, out when he sees he'll steal awesome, like, right? a black mic stand. With <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. awesome, dude. They're oh, very he doesn't like, use mic stands. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, that's true. That he holds it like uh, a crooner. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, they're very, uh, very like very YouTube friendly. Uh, there's a couple, a couple content dudes on, on the internet. Those like YouTube musician guys who who use them and uh i just think they're badass yeah is there cool is there anything different about the capsule or anything or is it purely just the plating so the, this is uh this is based off the super 55 um we make a couple different versions of the 55 elvis mike shape the uh, the original the old uh called the bird cage the original 55 was like just enormous like basketball sized microphone oh wow and they stopped making that as uh tv cameras came through because i was always like and, and actually there's one picture in the office um it's i think it was one of the one of the queens probably queen elizabeth and uh she was right she was uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's good she was up on um uh, on a pedestal giving a speech in front of this large 55 and it was like you just could not see her face it was so big so they started making them in the smaller housings fast forward to whenever uh, we came up with the super 55 um like 10 years ago or something like that has no switch so it's a little more stage friendly uh it's a super cardioid 
instead of a cardioid. So the thing about the the Elvis mic, right, is everybody wants to grab the back of it mm-hmm. like that, yep. and that actually turns a great microphone into an absolutely terrible <laughs> microphone. Uh, it makes it omnidirectional. It's really you know uh, some big feedback risk, and then they go this stupid microphone. Anyways. Um, so this is based off the Beta 58 cartridge, and you still shouldn't do the wrap around the back thing, but it behaves a, a much better than the okay. other one did. Preferred. Um, and a little higher output, and it's uh, uh, it's more directional, so it's super cardioid instead of cardioid, uh, just so it's a little bit more like stage friendly. And you know, sound guys don't like mics with on-off switches, so that went away as well. That's but, beautiful. I love that. Yeah, dude. Super That's 55. That's super cool. That's the oh. all-black one. How many of those did you guys make? Ah. Uh, it might have been something something cheeky like fifty five hundred oh, or, yeah. or something Cute. like that. We didn't, we didn't number them or anything, but right. uh, it was a it was around there. And then uh, uh, yeah, we did it for like the holiday season a couple years back. I was, love that. That shit. was one of the cooler ones I got to I got to work on. Was that's one like um, sometimes as a product manager I get to come up with ideas and define new products, and sometimes I just get to work on stuff. It's you know sure incorporated made a decision that we're doing these black fifty fives. It's like that sounds awesome. Yeah, let me do that. Um, and then it's just kind of like you know, making sure it looks good and that it, we talk about it in the right way and then actually launch it to the market and stuff like that. So Do you guys get to come up with the ideas like changing out the diaphragm and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Have that idea. That is, uh, my, my favorite part of the gig is working with the engineers because they're, I mean, they're brilliant. Like, yeah. especially the mic lab guys, uh, are just the acoustic engineering horsepower in that building is amazing. So we get to just throw random ideas, whether or not, uh, we think it can, be real or not yeah uh and they love that they're like no that breaks physics but but they're engineers so they're like well like, hmm, let me think of a way how can i do that yeah exactly <laughs> and then like three weeks later no they just show up at your desk with something wow they clearly like, haven't showered this? in 21 <laughs> days yeah or slept <laughs> um exactly but they've broken physics yet again That's in, awesome. in a microphone there's um there's a microphone called the ksm8 which is a really high-end dynamic live microphone that we make uh that has a really big sweet spot. That's kind of the benefit of it. But underneath, it's like uh, this crazy uh, acoustical pathway where it, it it kind of the airflow of a dynamic mic, which is the only thing that a dynamic mic is. In, in condensers, you have the luxury of throwing electronics at it to fix a certain thing or get higher output. In dynamic mics, there's no circuitry. So it's you're just moving air around. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're so damn hard. Okay. Um, and that's why Sure has sort of... Uh, owned that market or been a significant player in it with things like the 57, 58, 55, the SM7, all those is they're sort of the uh, very early figured out how to make dynamic mics the best. And it's just simply like harder to make a good dynamic microphone than it is to make uh, like a good condenser mic. There's, you know, there's lots of, um, lots of different applications and stuff. It's not saying mm-hmm. that dynamics are better or condensers totally. are better. Not, not going down that yeah. rabbit oh, hole. Well, no, I'm going to tell you what listeners buckle up. This is going to be a long episode here for us. Cause <laughs> I am excited to go down that rabbit hole with you. All right, let's, let's we're, we're going to come back to that kind of stuff because we're going to take, we're going to do the nerd stuff later. I want to see what else you got in that bag right now. Yeah, It was heavier than just that All microphone. Right. It was, let's see what else so we I got. I got one more thing that I can Ooh, show that's you. That's in a cool. And then one container. thing, we'll, one thing we'll chat about Ooh. later. So this was the tech award nominated thing. This is why I was in that same room as you guys earlier. Oh. Um, this is the M V88 plus video kit. Oh, uh, I've wanted one of those for a while dude. now. Those oh, are my, so rad. My microphone ran away. It's in here. Oh, with the with the with the stand and everything. Yeah, dude. So that uh, the little neoprene like roll up thing yeah. has uh, has two cables. There's one for iPhone, one for Android. There's uh, a clamp and a mic clip, and then the microphone itself, Whoa. and a cool little Manfrotto stand. So you like build it up all together, um, and then there's an app where like 
it, it's a mid side microphone so you can it's variable stereo width or just mono or just bi-directional there's compression limiting eq there's all sorts of crazy customization stuff so um it's one mic that you can plug into your phone and make do a whole bunch of different things it's really high spl so it's killer for band practices live shows mm-hmm. live content um uh, some of our like you know channel partners have been using it for uh, you know guitar amp demos and stuff. Just little pieces wow. of social content. Oh, I was just gonna say at CME when we like not when we were doing the sort of main video content, when we were doing some of the quick Instagram stuff with the phone that and the MV88. That was that's what we used. It was, yeah. it was really awesome. Right in those really small little practice rings exactly. there. Yeah, yep. totally. It's a you know the the cameras on the mobile devices are obviously insane and will Crazy. continue to get insane. The microphones are kind of limited by the. Uh, the form factor of the phone itself and they're just not ever going to be the priority from a sure you know, the phone design from point Apple, of view he's yeah. got the best sounding microphones yeah like, you're, just, you're not going to hear that <laughs> they've got they're not going to get a lot of real estate totally in a phone yeah. anyways they're just tiny little right. baby things right. yeah That's absolutely so um the the predecessor to this product is something called the mv88 which was iphone only and actually just like docked right onto the phone mm-hmm. itself uh, and that's where we developed the app and the variable stereo width and all that stuff um the 88 plus was kind of a and like the other bar, best part of my job is uh, we came out of the 88 and then I go out to customers and to like launch the product and talk to them about how they're using it. And uh, people use that thing in ways that I've, I had no idea existed when we were developing it. There's this entire like mobile journalism world mm. uh, kind of led by the BBC where it used to be, you know, three people and a satellite truck would go sure. cover the, the whatever yeah. in the local news. Now that's one person in an iPhone because it has the satellite link. It has a high quality camera. It has all those things. So it's literally like one person and a couple hundred bucks has replaced these six huge figure, teams of people. Yeah. yeah. And, and trucks like literally right. they don't bring satellite <laughs> trucks anymore because they have a thing in their pocket. Like, I certainly did not know Whoa. about that community while we were delivering it. That's pretty early in the episode to get my <clears throat> mind blown right there. Yeah. Cause I, I saw one of those, I saw that. like the WGN one, but they still have like the old, yeah. um, yeah, I guess satellite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's uh, a, a BBC reporter, uh, called Connor McNamara who uh, covered the rugby world cup. He, uh, he did the actual like soccer football, sorry, world cup, uh, a couple years ago with it. It's just his like everyday kit. He makes like, he puts it on a tripod in front of the stadium and then holds the little microphone in his hand and, <laughs> and with a USB extender and just oh goes like, God. Hey, I'm here in front of the, like this team versus this team blah 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 and then that's hit stop on the iphone and then sends it back to the bbc video offices and they like just put that on it's air. all instant and he can just go knows. home for the day he's done. exactly and, <laughs> and then nobody nobody knows and in connor's case he like he walks into the studio or into the stadium and calls the game for a different network oh, and then wow, comes okay. go, goes to the locker room and then takes the mv88 plus oh yeah and does like interviews of the managers and the players and stuff i had no idea people were that's gonna take over man so did you what what was the did you did you what did you guys win at the tech awards is that what what happened didn't uh um i believe it was uh the genelec ear listening customization profile what was the the category it's always in a weird one uh it's um i mean the tech awards are are a crazy thing it's always a a, an honor to be nominated the previous version of that actually the regular uh, original mv88 did win when it was nominated so uh this one got uh got nominated in the like mobile device accessory category content stuff so there was two or three apps and two or three like uh products that actually plugged into the thing what um what are the what are the capsules what's going on with the stereo capsules yeah uh so there's uh, there's two there's um we use midside are you guys familiar with with midside i am but let's why don't you explain it let's as do the it. expert on the thing so uh typically when you think stereo you think uh a microphone like an xy pair right like a microphone pointing left and a microphone pointing right mm-hmm. 
it's pretty easy to translate that to panning those things left and right respectively. And then that's how your, you know, how your ears sound mid side goes about it a different way where there's one cardioid facing the front and there's a bi-directional capsule facing across that like side to side. So, uh, the way that you actually process that, uh, or the right up front, the benefit is that you can change how wide that stereo image is after you record it as well as manipulate it in a whole bunch of different ways that you can't with a regular left, right recording. So, um, you take the cardioid, the mid, and then you take the side onto another track. You duplicate that side track in a DAW, flip the phase on one of them, pan them hard left and hard right, and then that's your side pair. So those stay locked together the, the whole time. The uh, closer that your side, uh, I'm doing a helpful hand motion that your listeners can't <laughs> see here. The, uh, the, the closer that the side pair gets to the mid in volume, the wider your stereo image is. So literally by writing the fader of that stereo pair that you make, the side thing, the image gets narrower or wider. Uh, and you can do that after you record it. So if it's something like uh, oh. drum overhead or just room mics for drums or anything like that, like, you know, you may, may need to, it's helpful in the mix to have that flexibility Absolutely. later. Uh, so it's not something that we invented. They've been doing that since the seventies, but you have to have, uh, you know, really matched cartridges to do that. Uh, positioning it physically is quite difficult because you want to get them as close to the taking up the same space as possible. That's another benefit here is like, we know these are perfectly phase aligned, so you can't make an out of phase stereo recording right. ever with this microphone is the side figure eight pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Figure eight or bi-directional. Um, uh, and up, so it's cool because you can also uh, using the app you can take this mount it sideways on your phone put it in bi-directional mode and then capture like an interview across the microphone like that speaking into either side of it cool uh, it's still a mono recording there that doesn't become stereo but uh, but yeah so using the app we take all that crazy combination stuff and literally just like dials it down to a, a pinch motion where you there, it, there's a little graphic in there and you just drag the corners wider or more narrow or you can record in raw mid side in the app and do all those things later if you want dude it's cool you heard it here first folks i am gonna have to get one of those soon to do that's the video content on my iphone yeah dude this i can definitely send you guys one it's uh i don't want to go back to a world of band practice without I need this. It. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I just use the iPhone. Shit. So I definitely yeah. right? need that. So yeah. I play in like annoyingly loud, noisy metal bands and <laughs> you know, like we all do small crappy practice spaces yeah. and stuff. So like when we, when I was developing the, the 88, it was uh it was a great, super realistic beta test. So every time we get a prototype, I would just take it to practice that weekend or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so we used to like write a song, right? We'd be like that peak of creativity, like mm-hmm. super into what we just did put the iPhone in the corner and then play really quiet and <laughs> it changes everything. And that's like not why yeah. I play in drums and loud no, bands, exactly. right? Like that's not fun at all. Turn like, everything down. Totally. It was yeah. just like taking notes after uh, you wrote a brilliant speech or yeah. something. It's just like, this not is the none same. of the energy at all. Right? That's the kind of bogus thing about the default iPhone recording app is it doesn't even have a trim. You can't adjust yeah. the can't input adjust, yeah. at all. It has and, gotten and better. It has, it has, well, what's gotten better is the compression algorithm. Yeah. Sometimes you can really hear it pumping hard, yep. but um, yeah, I, man, that's, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Thank you for bringing that. I, I am thankful to know more about it and want it even harder I, yeah, than no, I did before. I, the you, just sold, you just sold two anyways. So. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, yeah. So now we would record and like, I'd put it into the super wide stereo and kind of put one guitar player on the left ish side and one guitar amp on the right ish side. And then you'd actually like be able to tell the difference between the two wow, heavily distorted stars. No uh, just from a like documentation point yeah. of view, it was a, it was kind of a game changer in, in how we did that. And uh, so we'd record it and then you, you can use the app to, 
put it down to an mp3 and upload it right to your like our shared dropbox folder so by the time that you know my drums weren't even their cases yet and we had mp3s ready to go yep in the cloud and we just listen on the way home what we did like it's pretty neat and oh, the, i got the, too stoned for that part i wish I, we need to go back to the other <laughs> mic where i couldn't hear it as good <laughs> uh yeah man it's a it's a it's a very flexible flexible thing one of those if, if you have one you'll end up using oh, it yep. a bunch of times super type practical thing, so. i love that Dude. i uh the only other thing in my bag i i'll have to show you guys later it's a All secret right. okay, oh, okay. Secret. i love i love that i love where that's going is it does it have anything to do with and i'm sorry i'm blinking on his no name worries. our friend uh that uh nick nitty yes yeah good old nick nitty what's up shout out to nick uh nick works for audio biz um there are like our rep that handles the uh the midwest region here uh i'm sure that's what he was hinting to yeah. i've been i've been i've been chatting with him about it right a bit on. so uh oh, i'm excited so yeah yeah we'll get a little little gear buds preview Hell yeah. All right. Let's, let's get into some business. Let's get into some segments. Okay. Uh, we're going to dive right into the symphony of corrections. Uh, we've actually got some this week. First, let me start off just your general reminder that cables are tone tubes. Um, oh, we, the, we have a giveaway winner. Oh my God. So you'll remember that we did a giveaway <laughs> nice. of tone tubes. Uh, Brady, I don't know how to say his last name. Nip or Knip? Nippenberg. Yeah. Nip. Uh, he's our winner. Yeah, so, a, old buddy of mine from Naperville. Actually. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know. Yeah. I, now it sounds like some sort of rigged system. Nope. I'm watching McMillions right now about the old McDonald's monopoly. <laughs> oh thing. yeah. Um, I was literally watching that last night. It's so good, dude. That, it's that so good. Thing's blowing it my gets mind. deeper and deeper. I and had deeper. no idea that was even a thing. Yeah. So I've learned about it in the middle of the episode. Too. I was like, wait, there was never any real winners. <laughs> Sorry, that's spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler but, alert. Yeah. I think we all lived <laughs> through the nineties. We yeah. all know that happened already. That's right. Um, yeah, so we've got a winner. We'll send out the thing. I'm sure we've got your address somewhere. Since it turns out Dave's no- Dave knows you. Um, I'll hit you up, man. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, Dave, you're just you're bringing it with the heat on Facebook these days. I had a fun. I had a fun week with Facebook you posts did. this week. Doing well. Love um, it. Yeah. Check it out. Do that stuff. Uh, you know, we're available on all the stuff, That's all right. the, all the spots like Spotify and whatnot. Um, so go check this stuff out. I did actually, did you guys, you know, did you guys hear this thing about Spotify? Now you can like basically pay, do, there are now paid ads available for artists on hmm. Spotify. Are they commercial, like audio commercials or is it? Well, partially, or also, uh, you can like buy placement on uh playlists and have things so like the thing that well as a guy that has like worked professionally with paid advertising for a long time i don't have anything inherently (coughs) wrong to say about it but i don't like that now i can't really trust the algorithm as much as i used to Mm. because before like i that was the thing i liked about spotify is that the more i put in they would give me better recommendations back and now you know it, it does feel to have possibly tainted the results of of said algorithm for my listening. Interesting, which is a bummer, you know. Interesting, but anyways, go listen to us on Spotify because we're on there. Uh, do this thing on there. Oh, right, we've got a correction from last week. Uh, by the way, if you haven't listened yet, go back. Was that episode forty five? It was episode forty five with Mark, with our good buddy Mark Najar. Uh, I do have a correction from that one. Uh, he, we were talking about. Frank Zappa's apostrophe record. Yes. Oh God, it is a Zappa correction. It's a Zappa oh, correction. Yeah. You'll, and, hear, um, you'll hear from the Zappaites. If <laughs> well, you mess that no, up. It, and that Zappaite being me, nice. um, because he was trying to say that Steve Vai played on apostrophe. I was like, no, dude, that was too early. It turns out apostrophe came out in 1974. Vai was in the band from 1980 to 1983. So sorry, Mark. I mean, you know, we, we kind of thought maybe it was wrong at the time, but you never know. 
Oh, there's, you know what? I'm excited about this because this has been sort of a running thing. As our listeners know, I'm a big old lover of old Gibson guitars, and it's just like a thing. Really? You're into guitars? And specifically old Gibsons. Uh, They're the thick and the thin of Gibsons. And that's the thing is most lately, like lately, it's been a lot of thin, and there's been just a lot of bad press. I'm happy to report that Mm -hmm. there is some actually positive Gibson news uh, after the really, really horrible tornado that uh recently went through nashville and yeah. really unfortunately hurt a lot of people and killed people and stuff gibson actually has donated a whole bunch of guitars to anybody who can you know show that they had their stuff destroyed or wow. whatever is like had bad stuff that's awesome to them in direct relation to this tornado you can now get a guitar from gibson there's a i should have written it down there's an actual like website you wow can, and you can uh go there and email them and whatever mm-hmm. so hey, i'm happy about that's that awesome. yeah. i mean not about the tragedy of course but the fact that gibson has responded positively yep. and is doing some good yeah fantastic um, shout out to gibson yeah i love that and also another actually uh, another little call back to episode 44 uh good friend james pepper uh, he, we were talking about some, like the fact that he's about to go out on tour with, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and they've got this like a uh, touring health, um, what was it? Like, a it wasn't, a, was it a therapist or like a health coach or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it was like, like a, that? like a mental health coach. Yeah, totally. Um, and now I just read that <laughs> kind of weird to be bringing up corn right now, but, uh, head Brian head Welch has, uh, started these recovery centers for artists where like for specifically for artists on tour in big cities, there are all these different places you can go and like, wow. you know, basically st- talk to someone and, and all the kinds of things that people like for self care and that sort I love of thing. That. That's cool. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Cause that's uh, it's a, there, it ter- there's this real need and he's responded also in a positive way. Just yeah. kicking off with really positive yeah. vibes at the top of this episode. Maybe Shout it's a sunlight. Head, uh, I'm right glad now. to hear that he's back in the band because he was gone for a little while. He was, yeah, he was off doing weird shit for yeah. a while, but now he's, he's back. back um, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to my favorite segment every week, Dave's Docs. All right, welcome we back got? to Dave's Docs. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, so I watched a really good one. I was, I was happy that this kind of just popped up. Um, it's new to Netflix. It's a ZZ Top documentary. Yes, called uh, a little old band from Texas. Oh yeah. And uh, it's just the whole story of ZZ Top, man, how they met, which, you know, are my favorite kind of docs when they really get into the history of the band, oh, yeah. what the guys were like when they were like teenagers and stuff, all that fun shit. Are um, they, are the members actually in the documentary being interviewed and such? N- uh, not really. No, but they're all, they're all telling the stories from current time. So what do you mean? Like they're like, is Billy in, Gibbons in the documentary talking to the camera? Yes, but not when he was a kid. No, no, totally. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. so it's them now talking yep. about, it, oh, and it's word. all authorized. Yeah. Like they use tons of their music oh, and yeah. you know, it's, it's interviews with the band members, you know, unlike some we've seen where they're kind of, and they can't even play the licensed music. Yeah. Like some Zeppelin ones I've seen, it's yeah. just like a random blues track in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, but fucking ZZ top was badass, man. I, I have to say like, I never really got into him. I remember in the 80s, you know, in early 90s when they were doing the videos on MTV and all that stuff. Um, never really thought to go back and listen to them from like, you know, they started in like 66 or something like that. Wild. I think the first their first like big album was 73, but I think they had one before that too, late 60s. What is what does ZZ Top mean? Oh, um, they took it from a couple blues names. So they were like these they had posters of like blues guys on their walls when they were all living in a house. And uh, ZZ came from one blues, it was like a blues guitar player. And then Top, there was a guy named, I think it was like King Top, something like that. Hmm. Their, name was, Top, their name was King Top. And then they're like, that's just too weird. And they go, let's do ZZ Top <coughs> instead. So that's, you know, that's kind of how it came about. It's just the name of two blues guys mixed together. 
So big blues band, but not, they don't really play blues. They kind of found a way to transform blues into rock, you know, with the vocals and the hard drums and, you know, the love me some ZZ Top, dynamic. man. Yeah. They've pretty underrated as far as like the greatest, you know, um, power trio, bro. Yeah, man. Power they, trio. They, they never come up in the power trio conversation. They were That's a cream. great point. Yeah. They're the fucking, they're, they're, they're they are. are the power trio. Man. Yeah. Whoa. So um, a lot of good gear in it too, man. Like tons of cool gear to look. A little to gear look watching. Out for. I mean, Billy Gibbons is is a well known guitar, like maybe the biggest collector. He's and got, has the craziest shit. And they show this. They show a lot of clips of them playing currently. They, they have some kind of like rehearsal space or soundstage setup. <laughs> they and probably got, have like a whole warehouse. Oh, it's like shit. a barn. Like it's really cool looking. Um, but he's got these magnetones, and I think they're yeah. reissues. Yeah, yeah, he plays. And it's like a huge, like double we've, stack. We have talked about uh, our our friend, the CEO Ted from Magnetone. Uh, we got to meet him. And hang out with them and stuff and bill and you know interestingly billy pays for those like most artists are just oh, like cool. like him they're like giving they that want a shit. free one yeah he, they, he like everybody that plays with the new magnetone stuff buys it yep and a lot of people don't know fun fact and then i'll uh i'll get off it but the uh get on the, it baby they're the longest running american surviving rock band that still plays with original members with original members mm-hmm. wow which Steve, is pretty, when, when did they form i think it was like 66 or 7 something Dang. like that so which, and it's two or two like, brothers uh, no, they're not brothers. None of them. Well, they had a brother in the band. He used to, he was in the original one, oh. like before they were ZZ Top. Word. Yeah, he used to play with his brother. But. Dude, what's your rating? What's your totally uh, arbitrary system rating? Dude, honestly, man, <laughs> I give it a three out of three beards. Yes, and, but there's only two, bro. Ah, but the the drummer's last name is Beard. <laughs> oh true. wow! Yeah, well true. done. Well done. All right, man. Well, hey, I've got a, you know, I'm gonna kick it over to the next uh, next segment, which is the riff library, and this is where I normally. Well, I, I would say historically uh, talked about a different music book every week, and it turns out I'm kind of hitting the limit, the limit of the book, music books that I've read <laughs> and it, slash have the time to read currently. So I'm as of episode 46, and I think last week I actually talked about a pedal. So I have broadened it already. It's much more uh, of an over- <laughs> like an undertaking than like, I mean, I get to watch a documentary, but you have to like read a whole book. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I just realized something. What? I forgot an important thing. What? We didn't do the other giveaway. Which is giving Soren his very own tone tube. Oh, Dude. Yeah. Congratulations. I like presents. Congratulations. Thanks, yeah, that's gents. that's for you. You're one of the the few that uh that own an original batch of uh, official Henry Good makes those by hand. Nice. Uh with with my good buddy Stingray. So nice, yeah, that's dude. for you. This will uh have a good home in my studio. Oh, and I grabbed some stickers for you too. I like stickers. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I um, haven't seen the logo yet. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our good buddy Mark. Shout out who, uh, to Mark. Oh, that's fantastic. His portrait of us. That's fantastic. Um, so uh, I thought of it because it was uh, that stuff was on top of what my contribution of the riff library is, <laughs> which is a record. So I think you know what, man. I think for the time being, I'm just going to dig into records. I've, I reorganized my record collection recently. I want an excuse to have to like re-listen to the stuff. Let's cool. do it. So cool. he, we're gonna. I'm just going to do a little record time with uh, in the riff library. Record now. time. And I thought of it because um, I listened to it recently, and this is just one of the most badass albums of all time. Also, it came up last week uh, in the episode. This is the Mahavishnu Orchestra with John McLaughlin, the Intermounting Flame, their debut record, my personal favorite of them. For those who don't know, they were based around John. I I still feel weird every time I say his name. I'm not sure if it's McLaughlin or McLaughlin. Um, I'm going to say McLaughlin because it's easier (laughs) for me to say. But he was in Miles Davis's band for a while. Played on Bitches Brew and a bunch of cool stuff. And there's even a song called John McLaughlin on one of the records. But um, this was the story is sort of that like My- Miles is like, um, yeah, dude, you got to start your own band now. And then he did this. And it's him, uh, Billy Cobham on drums, who I'm sure a lot of people know, obviously, very famous, amazing yeah. drummer. Rick Laird on bass. 
uh, Jan Hammer on piano and Jerry Goodman on violin. It's all, it's most, I mean, almost all entirely instrumental, super ripping, amazing jazz fusion from that came out in 1971. So beautiful. Um, yeah, here, do a little check out the original pressing there. That was, I bought, I purchased back when you could still get cool records like that for a lot cheaper than you can now. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I listened to it today. It rips. I mean, it's crazy. Normally, that, so for those who, who are into vinyl, you know that usually the last record on each side is kind of like the acoustic or the sort of the slower or quieter number. Mm-hmm. By nature of how vinyl records are pressed, it's just hard to get crazy rock and stuff. Okay. The, the, fur, the further in. On the inside on the, of the, the circle, disc. yeah. The last track on the second side of that record is one of the most ripping, crazy really? things you're ever going to hear in your life. Uh, it's called Awakening, and it, if you have never heard that song, go listen to it immediately. It's just like super fast uh, fusion proto metal stuff. Love it from nineteen seventy one. I like, the, like, I like the sticker that's on the front here, a little like description from wherever you got oh, yeah. this. If you really in capitals like yes and King Crimson also in capitals and Don Caballero and Hella and 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 and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> then you need to purchase this LP, Primal Prague. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Reckless does it the best. I like the uh, artwork on the back too. That's just like a, a grid of a grid live of shots, photos of you. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I think, yeah, I think those are actually studio shots. Studio shots. shots you yeah. can see, cool. you can see uh, as 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 friends know. I'm a super super into Les Paul Customs in particular, and you can see John playing the nice. Black Les Paul Black Beauty, oh, which yeah. he he went through a bunch of stuff. And in fact, live he's most known for playing a white double neck, you know, SG EDS 1275. Um, but yeah, man, if you don't know Mahavishnu Orchestra and you like ripping rock and stuff, I think maybe it's time to check out their first record. Love it, man. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Let's go to future gear, dude. Oh, here, <laughs> future gear, more like future ear. Wow. So what I want to talk about is this ear thing that I read about today. And maybe you guys have heard about this. Maybe you haven't. It fucking blew my mind. Okay. okay. So, um, I am proud to report that I... <laughs> An, an ear rumbler. What's an ear rumbler? Oh, have you heard about this? I saw the headline. I have did not you see tried the, this Did you yet. see this? Maybe I need to try this. Okay, so check it out. Anybody listening can try it and find out if you're an ear rumbler. Turns out I am, and okay. I'm very excited about it. And this is it, the weirdest thing about it is that it's the sort of thing that you I've just always done but never thought about. Yeah. You know? And you, it's basically if you like tense the inside of your ears almost sort of for me i think about some people say you have to kind of like scrunch your face i don't have to do that like it kind of feels like if you can move your ears like you do that and if you uh if you kind of like tense the inside of your ears you can make this rumbling sound some like people a rushing sort of noise almost describe it almost more like thunder or like uh it's actually oh man i can do it when i grip my teeth uh so check it out so it's the tensor timpani t-y-m-p-a-n-i is the part of the ear that does this it's a muscle within the ear contracting it produces vibration and sound the sound is usually described as rumbling um it dampens it's the its purpose is to, is to dampen out loud sounds it's like built in ah, okay. uh, as a thing for us to do it's people say it sounds like thunderstorms whatever mm-hmm. But it's for like the sound of your own chewing. Mm-hmm. When it's tensed, it's responsible for tensing the eardrum, which dampens vibrations and reduces the perceived loudness of sound. Uh, and it's par- apparently only a small number of people can do I w- this. I was going to say, people don't have that? Can you, are you doing it right now? That's the trippy part. I am definitely a rumbler. Yeah. Okay, I am too. When I saw the headline, yeah. I was like, I think I know what that is. Yeah. And then hearing the description is like, yeah. yeah that, I never knew it had like a name. No. It never occurred to me no. that it was a thing. And that I didn't know it wasn't everybody. Yeah, they yeah. 
Everybody but I also was never have, have I've never been conscious of it before. Like no, it's right. happened, but I know I've never thought about it before. Yeah. So like what other things am I doing all the time that I'm not even conscious of that I don't think about? There was a similar article uh on social media feeds not that long ago that was some people do or don't have an internal monologue. Yeah, I, I saw the, that some headline. People I didn't read it yet. Lack the ability to have a monologue with themselves in their head. Wait, what? Right? <laughs> isn't that what? Isn't that what meditation <laughs> that what is all is? about? Yeah, <laughs> and there was all the quotes of like of like the other way too. Like, wait, people can talk to themselves in their head. It's like, yeah, like you have, can't do that. It's like I actively uh, try crazy. to turn that off and cannot. Wait, what do you mean? Like, talk I would to yourself love though. to turn that off. Yeah, are you like? like, are you like I'd sleep way like, more dude. to be able to like like ration through yeah. a, a discussion right. and pros and cons or however you want to put it. Like with with your own conscious silently in your head or and being like, it. I'm way too high for this conversation right now. <laughs> I think we're discovering head. Dave's lack of an inner monologue right now. Is that <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> I just talk through what it, is man. This thing? Yeah. <laughs> Well, podcasts, like switching the light podcasts are a good medium for you. Yeah, then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I prefer the headphones. Right. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. So our, hey, let us know if you're an ear rumbler. It's, I'm, or it's if exciting, you're not an ear rumbler. It's exciting that all three of us can can do that right wow. here. Wow. We're ear rumblers. Uh, did you see another Future Gear related one? Did you see the, and you can edit this out if this isn't <laughs> important or if you've seen it. Did you see the, the pedal I posted that you can put liquids into it? Oh, dude. Yeah, we saw that at NAMM, bro. The Ranger yeah, I guess I didn't really remember. Oh, we like, talked about it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, Ranger Effects. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the mini bar. It's, and so it's a it's and it's actually in like a small name. I know it's awesome. That's and a good name. So it's it's a actually it's a small pedal, yeah. pedal, you know, the like whatever the Micro? 1590A I guess cool. size. And uh you it's a <clears throat> like a distortion fuzz kind of thing, but what it does is you pour you pour different types of liquids into it and that changes the character of the distortion yeah, yeah dude. It, it didn't make sense i had to watch like is three it, demos of it i immediately have to know everything about this so there's like know. a little cup on the top and you open it and you only use like a like an eyedropper to drop some oh, liquid okay. in there and he he does a test with like tap water whiskey um when they used uh the coolest tone they got was from um it was like a combination of like soda and, and something yeah they did so you can put salt in it like actual grains of salt like in Whoa. in the liquid to kind of like salt water or something. It's something about the viscosity it's, is what it's measuring. Is there like a current that's running? I think there's like some kind of optical or current or something that gets ah, okay. broken up by the different like viscosities or thicknesses. Yeah. Were there any like, well, here's one for you. Were yeah. there any like uh, liquor or like whatever substance they used match up with the tone? Well, like if it was, if it know, was, they used Jameson, you well, get a Thin Lizzy tone or something like that. And that would be cool, oh, man. man. Right. Like Jack Daniels for like that. a Zeppelin tone or, yeah, or right? Motorhead. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well for done. Bass, yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> the coolest sounding one was the uh, rubbing alcohol. It sounded insane. It sounded like a fuzz factory. Dude, that was, wow. I was into it, man. I don't know what those things cost, but I kind of want one. I don't know either. I think they're in the like 175, 200 cool. range, something yeah. like that. Very cool remember. stuff. Don't quote me. Good call. Yeah. No, we haven't talked about that. And that is a cool. crazy ass pedal that has been a thing lately. Wild. Um, dude. Well, so you know what? I per- I've got a lot of personal gear news going on right now. I've been yeah. going a little overboard with stuff, but like there's just so many things to talk about. I have to talk about the thing that's sitting right next to us right now because I got I got my first drum kit. Do a little drum talk, baby. God, my first, I'm, and, and we happen to have an amazing guest for such a thing who I guarantee knows way more about the drums that I just got <laughs> than I do. So uh, probably yeah. no more no more about recording them than the like the shells themselves. Sure. Well, but, either way. But first and foremost, if uh, as a recording dude, if somebody walks in with that Ludwig badge on it, it's like, oh, we'll be fine today. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, I don't know exactly the year. It's a late seventies, uh, 
uh, I guess I don't even. I think you just call Ludwig. I don't know if, if they if those drums have, they have like, like a, a series a name or anything like that. Um, it's got the Ludwig standard snare for so they're the exact sizes that I wanted. Twenty two was a twenty two by sixteen or no fourteen uh, kick drum sixteen by sixteen. 12 by 9, which frankly I will never use the 12 inch uh, tom and the and a 13 and then the 14 inch snare. I will still be getting a different snare, but I'm very excited about it. I've never owned a drum kit. Before. That's awesome. Congrats, yeah, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, I just, and, and like even better was the way I got it too. Yeah. I, I like decided to part with a couple random pieces of gear I was not using at all <clears throat> that I got and acquired in very sort of. Uh, good for me ways in terms of value. Uh, so I didn't have a lot t- ton of money into the stuff. I posted the stuff on Craigslist of all places saying like, Hey, not really interested in, in trades unless you've got these specific Ludwig things. And then a dude was like, Hey, do you want this Ludwig kit for those three things? I was like, yeah, that's literally <laughs> exactly a couple steps. what I wanted one day after posting these things. Dude. Um, and that now, and he drove him up from, from central Illinois that's and, great. uh, to see his daughter anyway, it worked out with the, the trip, the timing of the trip. I'm super stoked. I can't wait to, to bang on them. They sound good so far. They but. look in great shape. Yeah. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty clean. Uh, you know, of course there's a little pitting going on cause that's just going to happen with the 40 plus year old thing. But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I don't even know. I'm like, I'm like the world's fakest drummer, but now I have this sweet drum kit that I can't wait to bash. That's on like today. I was talking about with you earlier. Like I don't play drums, but I, I know what a sexy pair of drums looks like, man. And that's, yeah, dude. Dude. that's sexy. I don't it's know. It's got the, the olive or something. I don't know. Some sort of olive badge thing. What do you, what would you call it? I think it's a blue oyster wrap. It's like a blue. Is that bowling it's, ball? Well, I mean, I don't know if they call it bowling ball, but that's certainly yeah. what people call it. Cause that's what it looks like. And I'm, it's not as swirly though as, as other ones I've seen. It's more of like the straighter kind of, um, yeah, it's like stripey. Yeah, stripes. Almost like a wood grain, even. They're maple drums. I know that much about them. Uh, it's after they remove the reinforcement hoops around the top uh, insides. Yeah. So that's how I know it's late 70s. Um, These are usually nice and nice and thin, which makes those smaller tom sizes like sing bigger than they usually would. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's again, that's just kind of my like anecdotal opinion when from drummers who have brought this stuff in. And, yeah. Uh, I play a Gretsch kit with really big toms and I kind of hate it in the studio. It's really easy to make these sound like giant drums in the studio. Yeah. It's impossible to make my giant Gretsch kit sound like a tight, punchy Ludwig. You know mm, what I mean? Sure. Um, so they're just really versatile. I actually really like the the smaller kicks that are closer to this uh, mm-hmm. this size. They just tend to like move air in a more... I don't know, more, more pleasing way where they're not just like air cannons. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. yeah Cannon right. Like they still have that like low end to them, but it's not just like flop. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I like the look of deeper kick drums and, or like 24 <coughs> inch bigger sizes in general. But like for me, my <sighs> favorite sound that it, like I, I was specifically looking for a 22 by 14 and that's, that's, you know, what nice. it is. Um, but yeah, there's, it's, it's got the beef still, but it, I, I, you know, you can kind of add some beef. Totally. Uh, I like the punch that you can get from that. I do. There's no head there. There's, or there's no hole in the head. So I will definitely have to be porting that thing. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. gotta happen. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your go-to, uh, what's your go-to kick drum microphone setup? I, uh, well, I'm a company man. You are. So, well, I'll, I could throw some non sure stuff in there too. Um, we make a couple mics that go exceptionally well together called the beta 98. I'm sorry, the beta 91, which is like, it looks like, it looks like a boundary mic. It's yeah. got this like flat thing. Totally. Um, you've got one hanging in your space right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. Just, uh, on a little pillow or a little folded up blanket in the kick. Uh, it sort of points up at a 45 degree angle right at the beater. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the beta 52 kind of an old, old classic big, uh, and just kind of right peeking through the hole there that, uh, gets a lot of, a lot of that, like 
low end thing and uh, uh, the right kind of attack and, and together you just kind of have this like attack and beef you know two sliders there and uh, 91 gets all the sort of that, like beef. That's right. that. it's like it's what i write on my board right? the uh no, the 91 I listen to a record the, called attack and beef for sure <laughs> and sliders open up a restaurant on attack and beef um yeah other ones uh that don't say sure on them i'm a big uh biodynamic m88 fan yeah that thing is awesome. That's one of the the few non sure things. Mostly just because I have a ton of sure mics and they're easier for me to get than yeah. all the other expensive microphones in the world. Uh, but that M eighty eight is on pretty much every session that I do, uh, regardless of it finds What's its way the, in there somewhere. It's in the name is escaping me. There's the older buyer dynamic dynamic. That's the M something that Steve Albini uses. Yeah, the M two something maybe the big gold the, one. No, it's black, but it's got it. It's like figure eight as well, and you kind of just like stick it on the inside. I've mm. got. I really want to try one of those mm. so bad because I've read so much about them. And then there, there is another version that has come later that people don't like as much. But right on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like talking about kick drum mics. Apparently, yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my little gear spiel. Um, I got some. You know, there's other stuff that's happened, but we'll save that for a future episode. Sure? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We need to, right. I don't want to just talk about all my new gear. Um, I we, did build, we would be here a while because yeah, well, I, I built a new pedal board. I got some crazy shit. When yeah. I, we'll, we'll come back to that okay. another time. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? It's enough time that uh, we've been going through this episode. I feel like it's time to get into Soren a little bit. And yeah, we're going to go it. to a relative, relatively new segment here called a couple two tree randos. Couple right? two tree randos. Ask you a couple two tree rando we questions. get to learn a little more about you. Yeah. Do I have to do it in a Chicago accent? I, I pl- would prefer it. I, as would I. Hold it so up. choose. Uh, if you could uh, swap plates with any band member <laughs> of any band, past or present, who would it be? Uh, do I have to factor in my actual skill? No, or? that's a good point. Ah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my first you, question. It, regardless of me, skill, or I have your no answer repertoire. here. If yeah. it's like the thing I wanted to do most ever, uh, it would be uh, I would replace the legendary Vinnie Paul in Pantera. Oh, sometime wow, in the dude! Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh. The first time I heard Becoming was one of those, like, what is that? Right. What is that human doing? How many legs yeah. does he have thing? Uh, I'd never heard that. I had no idea that could be a a technique or a type of music. Oh, and man. I mean, not to mention what Dimebag is doing on that song, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was just like, what is the, what's happening with the drummer there? And like, you know, like every German does, he has a buddy who was like, what's happening with that guitar sound? How is he doing that? And then we yeah. hung out for years. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, yeah, man, something about the just the the groove and the shred, like they they just groove so well. But when it's mm-hmm. come time to you know put your like scrunchy metal face on and like rip it two hundred beats a minute, they were uh, they were able to do that as well. Man. Good answer, man. Love Fuck that yeah. stuff. Oh Love gosh, it. God, I want to just I want to have a <coughs> I want to have a new segment every week where we just sort of talk about Pantera for a little right. while. <laughs> the Pantera segment. So much. Yeah. We're, you and I were actually just talking about this recently, how like I'm on, kind of on this quest to where I want to own like these certain Gibson guitars, but like the only other guitar that I actually actively want is one of the old dime guitars, either the dime yeah. bolt or the, the Southern cross. Like I just, I just really, really want an old Dean or, or frankly, the Washburns are kind of like some, yeah. kind of like a little more sometimes, but uh, yeah, nice. dime guitars. They too. had it right with those. Um, man, they sure. did. Dude, great answer. Rex right. Brown, un- underrated bass player. Absolutely. Absolutely to sit between man. those two dudes. Oh, oh my god. And stay in it. Like I guess there's a pocket in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just him. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah just, exactly. <laughs> just pounding out quarter notes while Vinny does this crazy thing. It's almost impossible not to somehow be underrated as the bass player in Pantera when <laughs> everybody yeah. else in that band is fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Like, like the, short list of best ever. Yeah, you yeah. know. 
All right. Uh, childhood celebrity crush. Oh, wow. Did you give us one last week? Dave? Mm-hmm. What was it? Kelly, uh, Kelly Kapowski. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> the only one that's popping in my head is Topanga. That was mine. That was his. <laughs> <That was mine. laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I don't We're know. We're around I, the same age, aren't we? <laughs> I don't know why I got there so quick. I'm just like, ooh, Topanga. Um, <laughs> I like that. It, it's going to be like the same six answers. I, in a row. That's great. As long yeah. as it's people our age, right. I think. Wow. Um, do wow. you do, well, actually, we already know the accent, but do you do an impression? <laughs> the uh, I'll answer it the same way. The 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 accent is an impression of my Chicago cop uncle. Oh, uh, perfect. he's now retired. But uh, <laughs> quick funny story on that that voice for a minute. So at sure when we do uh, mic uh, mic evaluations, there's these things called the Harvard sentences that are just insanely put together sentences that are supposed to like if you read them as a set of eight or ten, you get all the uh, all the hard sounds for a microphone. Sure, to, like the you get like you know the pops and the peas, but you also get like, like all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. So like Joe took father's shoe bench out these days, a chicken leg is a rare dish. Like, <laughs> those are actual, the first two yeah. on the sheet that we use every single time we do a mic shootout. People work at sure for a really long time. I've been there for 12 years, so I'm really sick of those two sentences, but like they're, you know, it's a industry wide, like recognized tool that this is how you do this type of thing. So we've just started doing them in different characters now. And it turns out the retired Chicago cop Harvard sentences is like just hysterical to most people oh uh, with all the little like Chicago subtleties, like saying brother instead of brother. <laughs> <laughs> really so exaggerated. Joe took fighter shoe bench out. Uh, these days, a chicken leg is a rare dish. Like, <laughs> That's so good. Dude, it kills. So that, like the first oh time God. we did it, I, it was, we were getting loopy on a Friday Holy and I was, shit. I had, was uh, we were doing a lav mic shootout. So I had four lav mics at my chest and I was holding them like trying to, so they don't move. And so they're perfectly equidistant from my mouth. So I was concentrating, like looking down and just started doing that. And I looked up, behind the glass in the studio like there was people on the floor laughing so now we have actual like formally recorded chicago cop accent versions that we like will pump back through our speaker to evaluate microphones so every once in a while i'll be walking down the hallway by the studio and here joe took fatter shoe bench out (laughs) (laughs) it's so good well now i mean now we 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 cracked the case on why we're just literally before i don't even know if we're recording it we're talking about how you know, not not to like stroke your sure ego, but on our particular voices, we both prefer these sure mics. And now, it, now we know why because yeah, they're man. brothers and fathers. Yeah, uh, it's, it's right. right. It's um, the local brothers. That was amazing. Thank Very you for good. that well one. Done. Um, and now this question actually comes from last week's guest, Mark Najjar. Uh, we've got a couple here, so depending how this goes, maybe I'll edit the, something out, but <laughs> right. uh, we'll see. Um, but do you? <clears throat> No, do you remember the most offensive fart you've ever farted that I've ever done? Oh man, that is a phenomenal question. Um, I bet he didn't expect that one coming in. No, I didn't. That's why I've got a couple in the quiver. We'll see what happens. Yeah, they throw a a left, man. Because I, I frankly have, couldn't. This come, is, yeah, this is what actually, they, like. There's I do so have one. to choose from. So I, I do have one. I'm gonna let you answer on my behalf. I I'm, do have one. I'm stumped. Are we, we're supposed to answer too. Well, we don't have to. But I, one came. Do you have one? I didn't think that I did, and then I just sort of got <laughs> embarrassed and remembered. Uh, and this is, I wouldn't say it's really that offensive, but I just had this memory flash in my head of I think I was in third grade, and we were doing this like story time thing. We were all sitting on the ground, and for some reason, I don't know, we had to like for some reason we all had to close our eyes. And I remember sitting sort of crisscross applesauce, but I was kind of like you know sort of like holding my knees a little bit and just like dead silence it's in the room position. i just fucking let it rip yeah accidentally <laughs> didn't mean to 
and I was a nerdy, shy little kid, and I was absolutely mortified and totally blamed it on the dude next to me, ah. who years later turned out to be way tougher than me and was like a boxer and stuff. So like, you know, he probably could have like got oh, been angry great. later. And Maybe that's why that. he became a boxer because yeah. he's like, you know, uh, he's in therapy somewhere. Telling yeah, this session. exactly. This kid next to me forward and he blamed it on Changed me. My whole life. I think he might be a Chicago fireman now. To be honest, there you go. But, right um, you know, uh, yeah. All right. So I guess I just answered that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Beer or liquor? Oh man, currently liquor. Okay, right. what's your maybe, what's your go to? I'm a I'm a bourbon man as of nice. late. Uh, one in particular called Elijah Craig that I I don't know it makes me feel like I know a lot about bourbon to say oh, I drink that one because I, I have some you know ask cool, actual like service industry whiskey bourbon friends who are like oh nice that's a good one yeah 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 okay, <laughs> man. yeah I tried three before I settled on that one <laughs> yeah. like that was the last one the most expensive one Benny's had right whatever um good choice yeah that that on ice it just kind of become on the rocks i guess i'm supposed to say if that's i'm trying thing. to sound like a bourbon guy i mean uh, up that's right that that in a big a big ice cube that that's that's my uh my drink of choice right Beautiful. now all right thank you you're welcome uh last question from a couple two tree randos actually it's been more like four or five who knows four or five randos uh but then i can't say the. you joke. can't say two tree that's right um, two tree four what five. question should we ask our next week oh what man. question should we ask our next guest that's yeah. how you would say that ask that question if you could guest on one other current podcast right now Ooh. not that anybody would want to do anything other than gearbuds wow <laughs> but there's come on there's there's some good ones out that's there, a good right? one yeah there's, that's there's a really good there's one, some man. and like everybody does it right now that like you can just kind of who do you want to hang out with for an right. hour <laughs> who would you do you know what you did you have one that's on your list what about dave do you got one here's the thing you have to factor you kind of have to be interesting. So do something that's more of like an activity. Where yeah. Or like, like a game you know, show something, or something, another like design related or gear, you know, gear related. Okay. Or All right. All right. What do you, what do you guys got? I think I would, uh, this is not my, my favorite podcast. Uh, so the podcast called radio lab, but I think most podcasters oh, yeah. love, but it's so like audio edit heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really meeting the like, hang out and talk for an hour yeah it's like a story that we randomly came right. up with uh i love that podcast i think it's amazing amazing work uh i think if i were to be able uh if i was gonna hang out on a podcast i would just go to the conan o'brien podcast and just hang out because they just giggle for yeah. like an hour i it just is, found out about that dude, one it I didn't is know so hilarious. fun yeah. it is so fun like if you take public transportation to and from work like yeah. and you just you know it's cold shitty monday morning like conan will cheer you up in a good half hour there like he has amazing guests sometimes it's actual real stuff sometimes they're just talking about the silliest shit in the world charles barkley was on uh i don't know x amount of episodes Love ago. The round mound of rebound dude he just makes fun of conan for like an hour and a half <laughs> and his, his assistant and the producer are just like off mic dying you can hear them crying half the time because like barkley is just relentless it is so great it's great uh there's a lot of 90s bull shout outs and i know like you'll be into oh, yeah. too it's it's a good one but that, that conan, sure. i'm gonna listen to that today that maybe. conan yeah. podcast is pretty fun man he's just yeah he's so goofy amazing. he's so goofy dave what do you got um I listen to this one podcast. It's a, it's at the comedy store. It's a live show called kill Tony. And it's a, uh, it's a show where, um, they have a comedian or really just their, their audience members, but they sign up to go up and do one minute of stand up comedy. And then there's a comedian named Tony Hinchcliffe who kind of runs the whole thing. And 
he basically just interviews these people after the you know after their one minute set, That's whether awesome. it's good or bad, and generally ends up like shitting on them pretty hard, and it's it's pretty great. Actually. All right, dude, here it is. Here's your minute. Give it to us. What yeah, do you right. got? Oh, yeah, <laughs> see, exactly. no, I wouldn't do the Not minute. I would, be, shine, I would be on the podcast. Oh, you'd be, be one Tony of the, uh, or like one of the guests. Um, he has guests com- like comedians uh, and people talk to the cool. talk to the audience members. So, so you want you want to you want to sign? I would want to sit there shit. and just watch the whole thing. It would be amazing. some shit. Yes, exactly. Nice. What about yours, Hank? Oh, I didn't get to thinking about that really yet. Uh, you know, I guess I'm because I guess my ego is big enough that I would want to be on Mark Maron's podcast. Right on. Uh, that, and also, I mean, I love him as a comedian and and writer and thinker and whatever. But also, I you know, when I got into podcasts, I think probably like a lot of people, that was one of the first ones that totally. I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. listening totally. to. And it was in a not awesome place in my life. Was going through some tough personal shit. Uh, probably like five years or. Uh, or go or so ago or so ago and uh, got into podcasts and yeah his was one it was like oh this guy's fucked up and like divorced and yeah. dealing with stuff too oh cool mm-hmm. i like him totally uh, so yeah i would and then and then i also would like him to sort of like tear me apart a little bit and make fun of me because <laughs> like he's funny i like when he kind of teases his guests but also he's a he's a big guitar guy and i think he would, oh, love, to, he would love to that's talk where about you guys could and do yeah i just learned that he's like yeah. a pretty I didn't pretty know that. Good player. He's a pretty decent player. He's he he like. I mean, I don't know if he still does because actually, I haven't really been actively listening that much lately, unless it's like a guest I really like. Uh, he usually plays at the end. Cool. And he's like, oh, I just got like my first vintage three thirty five or right whatever. On, right and he on. Does shit. So you know, very cool, Marin. Yeah, he's definitely uh, responsible for some of the recent SM seven boom. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh, just totally. Seeing it everywhere on YouTube yeah. and on every podcast in the mm-hmm. world, like. We get that all the time. Is is that the Mark Maron mic or is yep. that the Joe Rogan mic? Yeah, really. Wow. All the time. Nobody knows the actual model. They just number. know what it looks like. Yep. Big black radio thing that Joe Rogan yep. is like. Yep, that's the one right here. Like, cool. Quick question: What's the difference with the B and the SM7? It I, is I wanted to know that. Too. A super super boring mundane detail. Okay. So the original SM7 came out in like '78 or something like that. Um, sometime in the nineties as like wireless stuff started to fly around the world. Uh, they put a humbucking coil in here and that's really, that's, the that's SM7, why I like it. So that's the SM seven a right. Oh. It's, it's your meant for it. It's got yeah. humbuckers in it. Wow. I didn't know that. The SM7 this comes back B, to humbuckers. Right. That like that actually, you know, that was, <laughs> that like took it from unusable in the current world to usable, like a, a very, a very good upgrade. Uh, the SM seven B is the exact same microphone that comes with the bigger windscreen. Uh, that's literally it. Wow. So it's just like it was just a packaging rev rather than a really? like, touch when the product that type thing. Putting you on the spot here. Uh, early two thousands, like the like oh, oh three or something like that. I'm you have the B. Right? You have it, the B. That's the B. Yeah. 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 And so I that leave has the, the, bigger... the plate off the back because then you can still use the high and low pass yeah. deals. That's right. Shelvies. The original original parts from nineteen seventy eight. Basically, is it really? just the original design? Yeah. Like you can't go to a switch supplier now and have them rebuild this they'll laugh at they, like they'll do it they'll just charge you an insane amount of money oh yeah for sure like, so why you, do you want it to look a, like you've that you got a big old stock stockpile right yeah for all, SM7, yeah, all the podcasters exactly. in the world exactly um dude you know what we're talking about sure let's 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 get into it all um right. how did you how did you wind up there i know so you and i we first met many yeah, moons dude. ago working at the old Embira Technologies. that's right aka Embira. zounds and same day music uh, and, and gearwire.com is it z zounds i used to say z zounds everybody dude. did <laughs> especially southern people yeah. i mean why wouldn't you think it or, was or it's like bro it's z zounds it's quicker than z zounds yeah so we met. We met back then, uh, doing doing the stuff there. How That's did right. you? What t- take us on your path? Like, uh, you know what? Let's go a little bit further back. What's your musical background? When did you start playing drums? Right and all on. That stuff? I started playing piano when I was. 
five. My dad, uh, still to this day, a very accomplished um, piano player, um, despite having nine and a half fingers, which Whoa. is a real thing. Whoa. When he was like 12, he was uh, building something with his construction electrician father and like skill sawed Whoa. off part of his part wow. of his finger wow. uh, and just continued to play. So uh, at one point he like, uh, when I was 15, I think he sold the company that he had worked on and became a new age solo piano artist for like four years. His name's Ken Peterson. Check it out online. Yeah. Fucking Spotify. Do throw him some pennies. Um, anyway. So like that was, I was very like classically trained in that way. Cause I kind of grew up in that household. Uh, but my grandparents were great singers, uh, and who sang all the time. And, um, so there's just like a lot of music in my house. My parents have four philosophy degrees between the two of them. So it was very like hippie, like tons of Simon and Garfunkel and tons of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Um, so like my love for, for harmonies is like clearly from that, from that type of era. Right. Um, when like, you know, they brought the instruments around in grade school in like fourth grade, I played cello for a year and then I tried to play trumpet, uh, <laughs> tried to play trumpet in fifth grade when they brought like the band instruments mm-hmm. around. Um, well, I said, you know, I'm like, I want to play drums. And my parents were like, you can play anything in the world musically except drums. You know? <laughs> uh, it's like, fine. Uh, so I tried to play trumpet, but I was like a short kid with asthma who had no like <laughs> lung capacity at all. So they were like, you, you literally can't play trumpet. You just can't like move the air. And I was like, okay, what, what can I play? Uh, so they gave me a flute. So I played flute for a year. Uh, and after that, I stopped playing flute and cello um, and just like started picking up money around the neighborhood, you know fixing somebody's like computer or cutting a lawn or whatever. And uh, eventually I bought a drum set and was like, Hey, I play drums now. I figured that was, a, we were, we were going to keep you away that long. Wow. Uh, joined band in high school and joined marching band. Uh, I was, I played cymbals my first year in marching band, which is like super freshman demeaning thing. But, and especially in our marching band where half the time, like, you know, the parents just want to hear like the top 40 hits and the old funk charts. Sure. And stuff. So playing cymbals in marching band, a lot of times was like standing backwards, being a, a hi hat, so, like, oh, right. just holding the cymbals <laughs> in your chest yeah. and having like the biggest snare drum dudes just like whacking. The <laughs> shit out of you. Like, God. Um, so I played a ton of drums listening to Pantera between uh, like my freshman and sophomore year. That's just like what me and my guitar playing buddy did was in my basement, just be loud all the time. Right. Um, I showed back up sophomore year and made snare drum a second year and just kind of like that was off and running. I was just a drummer forever after that, that summer, basically uh, just picked up a little stuff here and there. Uh, eventually I was an electrical engineering major for like a semester uh, until I found out about music recording at uh, Columbia college in Chicago. And it's kind of this mix of like music, which was never going to be a career for me and technology, which was going to be a career, but just not in the engineering field. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, went there for like four or five years, ended up uh, interning at a jingle house in a really cool recording studio called smart studios up in Madison that used to be there. Oh yeah. Uh, Sean keeps a friend of the podcast. Yeah, dude. I love Sean. I I met him up there once or twice. Um, Amazing room, like just tons of Midwest indie rock history. There's a really cool documentary on it floating around somewhere. Uh, It's really cool. Um, My senior year of high school, I saw a poster on the wall for this thing called inside sure, which was a like, write a little two paragraph why you should come in and, and get a tour. And they were just having a, basically like a, a recruiting day. Right. So they find all these like big 10 engineer, you know, acoustical engineers and mechanical engineers. And then like, you know, if the audio kids from the local schools want to show up, that's cool too. Right. So, uh, I sent a little thing. They invited me to go for it. And it was just like a, a day long tour and they broke us up into little, um, 
little groups to like you know just see different parts of the building talk to people at the company uh they gave us some earphones uh it was like the uh the psm the wireless in-ear uh, demo i mean this was 15 years ago so this was like as that was just kind of becoming the regular thing mm-hmm. sure was kind of on the forefront of that and uh then they let us take our earphones home and i used those for like seven years they were amazing um and then they started opening customer service jobs and i just kept applying because that was like the way in if you weren't a like actual engineer and acoustical or mechanical mm-hmm. electrical that type of thing um in the meantime i was working at uh Imbira slash zound slash same day slash whatever else it was <laughs> and uh just kept applying every like couple months when that customer service pot would kick up and uh eventually they called me and brought me in and um they're like so wait you went to audio school and you're currently selling sure gear online i was like yeah they're like you're you're perfect for this it's like i know i've been applying for three years man. <laughs> so uh they literally like called me and made me the offer on the way home which was super cool and uh that was it'll be 12 years in july um started in customer service um i was dead set on being what they call an applications engineer which is like their high-end tech support it's an amazing service that they offer actually totally free it's truly some of the smartest people in the entire organization that you can just call and ask questions of and everything from like what mic should i use for my podcast to hey i'm doing uh the super bowl and i need 200 channels of wireless online Mm -hmm. can you help me coordinate frequencies or i'm installing a corporate av room and i need to know abc what cables whatever and like that's free you can just call and do that so i thought that was awesome i use them as a resource a lot in the zounds gig um fast forward three four years being on the phone i was like i don't want to be on the phone anymore so uh i found out about product management and i got lucky enough to go to nam as one of my first trade shows uh and just kind of like meet the people that went to trade shows and find out about product management as a career. I had no idea that that was a thing that people could do for a living, come up with ideas for products and then have, you know, a team of much smarter engineers than you, uh, actually make it. (laughs) Uh, and I just kind of got into that and then, uh, I've been doing that and been doing that for about nine years now. And, uh, it's really cool. It's just a cool gig. I know. So we talked about the MV88 for sure. What other, I didn't mean, I didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, you get over that pretty wow. quick. Um, <laughs> what, what other, what are, what are some of the other mic? I know you said wired microphones. Yeah. Thing. What are some of the other mics that you've sort of uh, been so working I, through? I got a chance to, uh, there was a, a long running line called the uh, PG line, which is kind of the like, you know, entry level retail facing, mm-hmm. you know, your first mic type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a chance to redo that whole line. So what's called PG Alta is on the market right now. It's kind of my, um, my first like big project there. What did, what did that look like? What did you sort of yeah, change? Or that's a do? tender. Uh, it's like 10 or 12 mics. It's a whole like line. So there's everything from five and seven piece drum kits that like, you know, kick snare three toms and two overheads, that sure. type of thing. Um, two, uh, two or three different like handheld mics, everything from your, you know, I just need to make louder thing because I'm doing a bake sale or a school board meeting or whatever to like, uh, I'm starting a venue, but I can't afford a bunch of 58s quite yet. Mm-hmm. And like, cool, get the PGA 58. Just right. It's basically the little brothers of the like SM and beta lines. There, they are. Uh, they are not the SM and beta lines, but they are awesome value for the money. Like, uh, you can get away if you need a bunch of stuff to get started. The PG Alt is an awesome place to start. Oh like yeah. That. Um, and that was just like that was fun for me because that was that's kind of what I grew up as. I I was never in the like outside of smart. I was never in the like, you know rack full of expensive gear playing with vintage preamps and compressors mm-hmm. it was like the you know my digi 001 back in the day i was just right. like i just like lived at this my own personal music and sound recording experience I like kind of just lived at this mid-tier and even now i find myself really like 
like trying to stick up for those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like I know I would love this thing, but that's ridiculous because I also have student loans, so I shouldn't <laughs> yeah, do right, that. Sure. But this thing does is in that ballpark and is you know in that eight hundred dollar range. Plus, rather, you probably uh, know exactly how to dial it in by now. So why yeah, why change it to that helps? That I mean, just like anybody in the the sound world or the um, music or instrument world who's paying attention, like you just your ears mature and you like learn yeah. to learn what to look for and you know get the get better results out of the same gear over time and stuff like that so uh and then that took me into the the motive line for the mb88 and the 88 plus we were just talking about there's a couple other mics and a little interface there um yeah that's kind of been my life the last couple yeah. years and that, that's turned into our kind of our sort of like content creator line so lots of podcasters lots of you know youtubers lots of uh um uh, just youtube musicians that's a whole big like career path now you know what i mean the um the people who either do covers of stuff or original stuff and just want to build these online communities. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And it's all with SM7s basically. And Mm -hmm. um, what is it about the SM7 that works so well for this sort of thing and for that sort of thing? uh, I love this microphone. I will talk about this microphone forever, dude. The, uh, so it was originally brought out in the late seventies as a radio broadcast mic, right? So like it's, it's, it just pretend that there's millions more radio stations than there was in Sony. Like they are, they're yeah, just in like sure. in your guys place and in bedrooms and basements yeah. around the world now. Right. Um, the thing about the SM seven in particular is it's uh, it's rear rejection. We're going to talk nerdy polar patterns for a minute. So it's a cardioid mic, like most microphones are, but it's a really deep cardioid. I uh, meaning it, it rejects a ton at the back of the mic, which is uh, which helps keep the, sort of room tone out of it, right? Like bedrooms and basements are typically like small boxes, just really bad acoustical environments. Uh, that's why condenser mics that typically sound really, really good in musical applications that are very detailed actually are pretty bad for like podcast studios in, uh, or podcast in not studios, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a low output dynamic. So it sort of like pulls you in. You got to be really close to it. And uh, it's like just sort of rear rejection and the, the tightness of the polar pattern. Just, it sort of, it doesn't care what room it's in. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest challenge of recording almost all the time is like, you have to be in a space like, you know, obviously where you can be loud and stuff like that. But ideally that space where you can be loud, that sounds good in a pleasurable way. And um, kitchen and bedrooms and basements kind of don't. So you can either buy a ton of, you know, egg carton foam and, like dedicate a room in your house to trying to soundproof it, or you can just buy an SM seven and that sort of gets you 95% of the way there. Right. Um, and the, and the price point, it's kind of like the, you know, like six of the top 10 podcasts that I was just looking yesterday are, uh, are all SM sevens and like they can afford whatever they want. Mm -hmm. The three or four that aren't using SM sevens are like the New York times podcast and the NPR podcast who have old Neumanns and stuff. Sure. You know? So it's like, right. yeah. And, and a room, cause that's all they do. They are radio stations, right? Yeah. Like go they've to been the, there forever. Too. Go to them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, go to the mic and press record like you would. Right. Yeah. Um, for the rest of us that don't have that stuff, like 400 bucks brand new for a thing that'll never break. Or like we were talking earlier, you can get them used for 300 bucks. Sure. And like, you're there, you know, and the, you don't uh, even need a pop filter because it's integrated. Yeah, that's right. Uh, not only is it integrated, but the capsules, like if you ever take off the windscreen, the capsules like three fingers deep mm-hmm. into the uh, into the thing. So it's a really unique microphone. It's actually it's the same cartridge as the 57 and 58. Uh, but the engineers were asked to make like the biggest, best sounding SM57 that they possibly could. OK, don't care about size, weight, shape, whatever. Just like make it as awesome as you can with no acoustical restrictions. And it's a crazy design, but that's where that's they landed they here. With. And that's why it has this huge, that's why it's large. Mm-hmm. There's a um, dynamic mics have to have this volume of air behind them. 
that AFN uh, or, um, affects the shock mount quite a bit and the handling mm-hmm. noise, but also uh, the low end and the polar pattern like that. So this is a really specifically tuned volume of air before like that big, you know, in a world type mm-hmm. of like radio broadcast sound like that's you need that. Uh, you're talking on the SM57 that has a lot more of that like upper mid thing. Yeah. So does this It's just kind of, uh, you know, balanced out by that big low end. So because it has this huge low end, um, that design having the cartridge a couple inches deep past the grill is on purpose because if you actually tie if you talk closer to that the proximity effect where base uh, gets bigger as you get closer to a mic just like washes it out because mm-hmm. it has so much low end right. so that's the engineers literally saying like valves shall not ever be closer to this <laughs> so the only knock on the sm7 which is a real thing is it's a it's a gain monster right oh yeah you have to um, be fully cranked pretty oh, much. Really? totally yeah uh, we recommend 60 db of gain which is a ton and the thing about 60 db is like if you buy that focus right or that hundred dollar sort of you know class they're, they're great pieces of gear uh they'll have 60 db of gain but that means you have to have it you know crank Completely, the whole time yeah. so you're also getting every bit of noise from that hundred dollar piece <laughs> of gear right? <laughs> right right um so that ends up not being very good but there's stuff like uh se electronics makes a little dynamite and mm-hmm. cloud lifter those little boosters are easy just plug it in you never have to think about it again type of type of things um or if you've got the ua stuff like i've got there's plenty of gain totally in there yeah. and it sounds totally. that's all we're doing right now i have nothing in line and right. yeah of course you've got it up higher than i have some other mics but the, it's not like the sm57 <clears throat> doesn't need a lot of gain itself totally true totally so, true you know it's it's not that that yeah. out of the question to it, use it, that. it gets to be a real problem with sm7 if there's like a a, a a video aspect of it or if it's a conversational thing where you don't want a mic like i'm literally touching the grill with yeah. my with my lips right now mm-hmm. is when people get like you know six to eight inches off of a microphone yeah. and I'm actually like a foot off the microphone because the cartridge is so far back. Even if you're three fingers off in front, I'm like, you know, if you p- pretend it's a 58, nobody sings with a 58, six to eight inches in front right. of their mouth. Um, so you're basically covering up your face when you kind of got to get that. Close yeah, exactly. So, you know, if it's a, uh, that's why it was a, a very popular radio broadcast mic is that didn't matter. And right. then you have these big boom arms where you can literally drive it over all your desk and get it in your nose, in your <laughs> face, yeah. you know? Um, Dude, I, I have to be honest. I don't think I knew that there was the same capsule, which yeah, is yeah, kind of no crazy. Yeah. I, I, of course, knew the 5758, just the grill's different. But, man, that's uh, that's that's really interesting to know. Uh, what is it, dude? What is, like, why do we like this capsule so much? Like, are we just used to it? What is it that, why why do we like, why does, why do we every, as everybody having right. 57, everyone yeah. uses SM7. Right. Like, what is it about that? There is definitely a big, uh, the are we used to it thing is a big, a big part of it. When you hear, you know, 58 through vocals the the singer probably grew up singing on that microphone the engineer has probably mixed that 58 in that room a million times the audience has heard that combination of you know a million times so it even if you're not like a you know somebody who goes in like listening for eq and stuff like there's just a there's a sound Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um there's that warmth is a big thing to it and that's part of the the shock mount uh, system in the 58 that's like off it's one of those often imitated but never actually duplicated thing Mm -hmm. thing the patent for the SM58 expired in like the mid eighties and nobody has made a 58 that measures really? like the 58. It's no shit. It's just like the math is too hard. Like, and then you have to outmarket the 58. Yeah. That's, there's, you know what I mean? Too, right? So like people will get close or have like a, you know, a different take on it. A copy of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's literally all based off of what's called the uniphase principle, which is something that a sure engineer invented while developing that, which is to get, a cardioid pattern out of one cartridge. It used to take two cartridges. Um, so going back in time with those giant like birdcage 55s, it's because there was two of this enormous uh, cartridge assembly inside of it. So figuring out how to do that with uh, with one was a sure thing. And then they figured out this pneumatic shock mount, which is crazy complicated. Um, um, 
in the 58 and that kind of became the thing like handling noise you know that's like a this type one, of stuff yeah. it's a huge thing in sort of 58 you know clones imitators however you want to put it um that the 58 just does better so it's a combination of that warmth and the handling noise and just like that frequency curve you're you're used to but um it was kind of the first one to do it and like between the 57 and the 58 uh the original 55s and this that's all the same unidine 3 cartridge and like that's that is far and away the best most popular mic cartridge mm-hmm. in the world you know what i mean in certainly in dynamics yeah um yeah so it's i don't know man it's just like there's yeah. just something about it it's so fascinating and it's fun for me to talk about because all three of those products are 30 years older than me 20 25 years older than me yeah. so like i i don't mind glowing about the sm7 <laughs> right i had nothing to do with this thing yeah like, exactly i used it for years before i worked at sure even and before i learned all this shit about mm-hmm. it certainly uh, but this has always been one of my one of my absolute favorites, and and they haven't changed the recipe either, right? Not I mean, at all. We uh, we've changed, um, you know, as manufacturing processes and new mm-hmm. materials and sure. stuff from 1966 when the 58 came out. But it's literally it's not the like the older one design. is really going to sound any better than a new one. That's a big. Uh, that's uh, there's some big like 58 myths out there. The sure. the old ones. I don't know. They used to be made in Wheeling here in the United States. This is this is on my on my outline of things I wanted to ask. Right on, right so, on. So okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Are the old ones different or better or worse or whatever? They are. They are the exact same materials being literally being put together by the exact same machines. Somebody else is pressing the button, right. but um, they get made in our Juarez, Mexico factory. I've been there a couple times. It's amazing. Oh my god, the breakfast! I wish I could bring you guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. oh. oh it's awesome um anyways they just crank crank out these cartridges um and it's on these machines that are like they're from that era yeah you know like they don't make coil winders anymore they don't make diaphragm stampers and like certainly not the one that exactly makes the 58 so we have no reason to try and like automate yeah, that make or a new machine or something that would it's make the 58 sense. like yeah. we can't touch it like you right. get fired for suggesting yeah. that you know uh not that you would because um so yeah it's uh, it's literally the same machines. Like they boxed them all, boxed them all up. That's grown awesome. on a Juarez, yeah. train the new people, which buttons to hit and how to measure it. And when was that? Uh, it, that was before my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we make the switched versions we make in our Sujo Mexico or uh, Sujo Mexico, Sujo China plant as well. But like literally same stuff, same exact things tested ex- in extremely, extremely tight tolerances. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, insanely dialed in on how to make that because we make so many of them mm-hmm. um it's not like you need to buy a matched pair of 57 that right sure across the line we don't do anything in matched pair wow. because our manufacturing tolerances are so tight you can yeah. pull two off of different store shelves from different times and you know assuming that it hasn't gotten gunked up and that changed right. the performance so when people talk about like the old ones sound better there may be one that has aged in a particular way yeah, like smoky studio or yeah, something that, yeah that's no shit like it has a unique you know layer of gunk on the diaphragm sure. that makes it move a little differently or something like that but there's there's, like, no magic there's nothing one. else yeah. you know it's a there's nothing there's no magic to it right. um related sub question yeah and this is one i've actually done uh w- what's up with the 57 mod the transformer thing the transformer right mod. on Ooh. yeah this is a good one um it definitely changes the sound of it. It definitely, oh, it definitely opens does. it up. Give it a up. brief overview of what the 57 You boil the motherfucker. You boil it. You carefully unscrew the top of the <laughs> Literally. Literally. So you remove the transformer in the right. 57. Uh, I first read about this in Tape Op forever Same. ago. Yeah. Um, um, it must have come out in the in the Zounds era or something. Probably. Like that. Uh, 
so you carefully unscrew the 57 you undo the the two uh wires that are soldered there you take the bottom half that has uh this like hot glue potting material type of thing and you literally boil it until it just like runs out of the microphone and then uh you, that's where the transformer lives you remove the transformer you just take those same wires and put them right to the xlr connector okay and that that's the mod so it opens up the top end and the low end significantly mm-hmm. you lose like 10 to 12 db of output so it's a significant output drop sure um but depending on what you're doing that's sometimes it's not a problem it's in front of a guitar amp or snare yeah. drum which is where 57s live like it's that's not a big anyways. problem yeah. the first volcanoes make islands ep we did the guitars with a mix of uh, modded 50s with the 57 because right yeah when you're just like cranking an orange yeah. or something in front of 10 it 10 like, nothing yeah it doesn't yeah. matter yeah Interesting. So th- wow. I'm surprised that that's something that sure has never actually offered. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of mods. Like there's a 90 degree angle. Yeah, mod. right. Exactly. There's two versions of it. I forget the name of the company, so I don't want to throw either yeah. one of them under the bus, but one of them uh, definitely gets in there, but does some kind of funky things with the polar pattern. It's still, it's still like a 57, but mm-hmm. it's not like, like we can't do that because if we measure it, it's different and then it's not a 57 to us because that means something super consistent right yeah and then we lose that like crazy pull any two you know um you forgot one throw the other one up it sounds right. like the exact same as your, that's what your other name one is kind of your brand is based around totally you know? totally it's uh military spec quality and super consistent stuff like that yeah. so um so yeah there's a couple of those like 90 degree angle adapters or the transformless thing and it's all like you know we we played around with them. We're, we're aware of them. They're fun. Yeah, Every time right. we hear about them, it's always like, you know, you find some engineers and it's like somebody, uh, somebody want to take this thing out and let's, let's go <laughs> run some cares. It's kind of a testament to the company though, you know, to have people out there like taking, taking totally. something that's already perfect and then trying to like make it better. Yeah, you know? totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. And it's always like, we've entertained, you know, it'll, it'll come up once in a while, but I'm like, Hey, we could probably sell some more if we do this. And then it's like, <laughs> We're we're already we sell enough. Money. Yeah, <laughs> let, let let them have fun. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, and we think it's we think it's awesome. Yeah, I think cool. it's super cool. Yeah. Uh, so we you said we're already saying obviously fifty seven lives on a guitar cab and a snare drum. Are there any like specifically with the fifty seven? Are there any other ways you've seen people using it that you are like, oh, that's fucking cool? Right on. Um, on different instruments or like anything. Different, I don't anything? know. Whatever. There was a uh, something I haven't been doing is with fifty sevens, but um, oh god, I just forgot the name of the engineer the guy who did uh the spin doctors two princes record uh he was talking about how he did the drum sounds and it's like i love that that's the reference i don't, that I don't know why this right that, that record's good man yeah. and nor is it known for its like crazy good drum sound no. it was just like the headline pop, caught me yeah. it was like it was a you know a, basically a beta 52 and 357s and that was the whole drum sound on that record um glenn johns or something it was like the thing that I'm specifically referencing is the way he does his room mics where he puts a 57 against a brick wall, like on the wall, like Facing as a, as a room mic. Yes. Wow. Like you mic the brick basically. Wow. Uh, and it, it first I was, that I was like, wow, I've never, I've never tried that. And it's just like live as hell. It's super cool. Oh. Um, wow. I mean, it's dependent on, on the room, you know, yeah. I, um, I have a little space in, uh, in pills and then I work out of where like, as soon as the drummer gets loud, it, the room just starts to cry. It's not a good drum room at all. Um, so I'm always like trying desperately to get more brightness and more like upper mid clarity out of it, especially in stuff like, uh, in snare drums, um, or even like the, you know, sort of like room sound when a kick drum gets hit. Uh, and I'll just take these little condensers that I use and put them on like my far flat, you know, non-treated drywall type thing. Uh, and it's awesome. Like it's just kind of done. And the closer you get it, the, the less, 
of bad reflections you get you're getting it bouncing off the wall obviously but you're not getting it from the source off the wall so that it's out of phase like that Mm -hmm. so the closer you get it uh the lesser phase reflections you're gonna get um same thing with uh with room mics it's better to put them as close as possible to the floor in my in my experience and opinion uh but you know there's no rules and that's why it's fun um stuff like 57 on the on the side of a snare i've actually done on, on the right snare drum man i'll put like four mics on my kicks and my snares like <laughs> yeah. I, 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 even if i plan on throwing one or two of them away later like i just it's such a as a drummer and a recording and a mic nerd i just like i must do with any, everything i can to make sure the kick and the snare sound good you know what i mean yeah. how do you um, how do you what's your what sort of theory and, and approach to phase cancellation because that's the biggest problem of course yeah. is keeping all that stuff lined up i mean is it literally just nudging it in pro tools or do you are you measuring how how crazy do you get with that? man the uh the older i get the more i want to just get it right at the mic so i'll i'll uh i mean it's always session depending like uh, it's always a my studio's not very serious. It's kind of like a weekend warrior, you know, that people have jobs and Tuesday nights band night. And like, this is when this weekend of the year is when like everybody's wife and kids said it was okay. You can go be a studio yep. dork for two days, which is amazing. Cause it's just like the happiest version of those people in the studio for two or three days. You know, um, I forgot why I started telling that story though. Oh, we were talking about phase, um, cancellation. The phase cancellation and getting it right at the source. Right. Uh, so taking, taking the time to like get the drum night. So, you know, we'll, we we'll usually load in Friday night and just kind of, you know, have them do one by the end of the night, make sure everybody's in your mix is feeling good. And we're in the ballpark tone wise type thing. Uh, I've spent more and more time on that Friday night, just like inching microphones and, uh, um, like painstakingly, like I used to just put all the mics up, plug everything in, pull the faders up and kind of like see where we're at. But I've, I've gotten a lot more methodical about it where like, I'll start with, uh, with the overheads and make sure that they're perfectly spaced. Like I, I usually take you a measure cable. from the snare. Or how I you do. do yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on what I'm, what overhead or stereo technique I'm doing too, I usually measure from the center of the snare. Cause that's mainly what I'm trying to get like from there. 98 or something. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple, there's a, uh, a little small diaphragm condenser that we make called the KSM 137. Mm-hmm. That's like, they're like 300 bucks. You can get them used for cheaper than that. Oh man. That's like maybe the mic I've come to be, uh, the mic that I was least aware of, before I worked at sure that is like as part of my regular arsenal now KSM 137 all day man oh man that thing's great um I usually use those for overheads uh, I'm kind of a small diaphragm guy I like I just like the quickness of mm-hmm. them and the detail um so I'll usually measure from the center of the snare so I'll get those perfect and then I'll introduce my close snare mics which is usually two sometimes three um and I'll check them to make sure that not only they're in phase but in like as close to perfect uh, relative phase as I can with the overhead. So like not just the, uh, waveforms go up first, but it's like in kind of the same spot or timing wise. Um, and then sometimes I'll do a little bit of like micro delay adjustment later if I need, but I'll look for like overheads, the snare, and then I'll introduce the kick and then I'll make sure the kick and the are snare you doing are all okay. 57s on the snare. I do a 57, uh, tied to a, uh, small diaphragm condenser. Um, Ideally, that's a Neumann KM84, but I don't have one of those. Mm-hmm. I've got a 184 <laughs> uh, over there. Nice. Uh, the KSM 137 works awesome for that. Um, I have these sort of weird tube small diaphragm condensers from um, Lawton mm-hmm. uh, called the Torch, when they're and they're tubes in their small diaphragms, and they're made for high SPL stuff. Uh, and that's that's my combination right now. So it's a it's a small diaphragm condenser and a 57. Mm-hmm. I rarely do bottom snare. I don't know why. Everybody in the world seems to like bottom snare. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, I'll put a mic on the, the side of the shell before I'll do that, just to get that like big fat snare drum type of sound like that. Um, 
and then room mics, you know, either on the wall, like I was saying, or as uh, you know, on the floor type thing. We have a, a bathroom that we use for like a reverb mic, nice. uh, which is kind of like the the secret sauce of that studio. <laughs> as soon as we started figuring out how to do that, it was like it, the studio had a sound then at least, and cool. we do, do our vocals in there nice. and stuff like that. So, yeah, phase is a thing. Like I I try and move away from the fix it in the mix. Um, yeah, plugins are so good these days, but it's, it's really easy to. Like the little labs phase line stuff, man. Nice. Yeah, there's some there's some cheaters out All there. All right, it's for so sure. uh, for bass boy over here, what uh, what? How do you how do you approach micing up a bass? I I will usually put like five mics on a bass and then pick two. Type <laughs> I like of thing. that. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? a good approach. If you got the tracks, man, <laughs> Dude, like, go for it. Especially. Right? Um, or at least like audition five. Uh, this is always an SM7, 100% of the time. There's always an SM57. Um, most of the bands that come through MySpace tend to be, you know, very like heavy, distorted, mid-range mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, so again, you know, a 57 probably wouldn't work if you're a big, fat, low, ampeg type of sound. Yeah. Right? Um, but for that like ripping mid-range distortion thing, the 57 is awesome. The SM7 kind of does them both at the same time, which is what I like about it. Um, there's always a large diaphragm condenser. I use the Surecase M44. Um, which has this huge low end extension. It's not like a big bump. It just goes down and it's super clear through these really, really low sub harmonics. So I'll kind of like use three or four things together. And I'm, I'm kind of in the Albini method of put two mics on the important stuff. One that's kind of dark, one that's kind of bright. Sure. And then you have a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, choices and, um, that actually helps clean up stuff for me too. Like on the snare, if I have, uh, the 57 uh or we'll use the kick drum so like the beta 91 which is that like sort of tone of the drum and that kick but i'm not or the click of the attack but i'm not using the super super low end stuff dump it just high pass it at 400 or something you're 800 get all that box out of there and then the beta 52 out in the front dump all that top end so Mm -hmm. now you have zero cymbal bleed you have zero room sound in there you know what i mean so i I like the ability to like uh, to sort of focus in on the range of the microphone that I've chosen for that range. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that case I'm 44. I love, it has a huge, big low end, but I'll usually roll off a ton of the top cause I don't really want the treble. Uh, and I, you know, the, the 57 or the SM seven will get me all the mid range definition type stuff that I need in a more, you know, I just, I, I tend to be more of a dynamics and ribbons type of type of guy. That's just kind of my ear. Um, Sure makes a badass rhythm a ribbon called the KSM three thirteen. By the way, beautiful black Dude. and red grill. Oh my god, those it's are nice. such a great mic. It's such a great that was mic. the other mic we used in that same session with the modded fifty seven. Now that I think about uh, it, Mac, Max Crow, good friend oh, of the yeah. show, and, and I'm sure friend of you as well. Yeah, man, I had both of those, and that's what we used. Yeah, the fifty seven and three thirteen. Like I, I rarely audition. Well, though, I mean, I audition other guitar mics when I'm doing sessions, but that's always a pair right next to each other. And I've just done it a million times where I don't like right to word, right. right to where to put it. And that's like the dual mic thing is really where the phase relationship is incredibly stupid, important because it'll just remove all the benefits from it. If mm-hmm. they're, if they're out of phase there. So um, there's some cool tricks like uh, flip the phase on one of them and put the faders at zero and just move the mic until it disappears in your ears type thing. And then when you pop oh, it back, and then it's, when you pop yeah. it back into phase, it's just, wow, you get like rewarded <laughs> with this huge, Oh, it's perfect. Now walk That's away. Super type cool. of thing. I want to try that. Um, and yeah. And like the ribbon has all this awesome low end and this cool, like upper mid thing. And then the 57 just gives you all that, that bite and that detail and, um, has some body to it too. So I usually put that and something else like flat, like a KSM 32, which is a large diaphragm that we make. That's like razor flat response. Mm-hmm. It's really nice on clean guitar. Um, 
I've seen those a lot as overheads and up in yeah. a pair as well. And for that same reason, that they're really, really flat like that. They're um, full image of the drum kit. Totally, way. totally. You can really sort of like carve, carve stuff out of there. And um, yeah, most bands that come through my place are ripping loud anyway. So there's not a whole lot of like delicate stuff I need to capture <laughs> with condensers, right? And it's right. like just let them let them roll. What's are you? So what's what's your band? What's what's your band's deal? What do you got going on? I'm uh, I'm doing more recording these days than playing, which yeah. is kind of awesome for me right now um I, I got you know work keeps me busy and i travel every once in a while and uh you know i go to a lot of trade shows for work and i'm playing hockey now so it's oh, yeah. dude, nice dude what's so your fun. position uh we're just starting but i'm i'm playing center uh i got the quick hands good for so you we'll okay. see it'll be fun uh, i'm gonna wear your, i'm gonna wear your sweater with your name on the back we get our jerseys in a week and a half <laughs> i'm pretty pretty excited <laughs> that's awesome uh shout out to river pigs hockey club uh yeah river pigs yeah, um love it. god what was i talking about you're talking about yeah, I don't music know. playing, right? So Gear. I'm, oh, yeah. I, uh, there's one or two bands that I'll, I'll like, like projects where it's, you know, You're two, doing Tanaka, two dudes. Right? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. It's a, a, a two piece metal band called giant killer Fuck yeah. that, uh, it's, it's cool. It's like a, it's a concept record. It's very like Mastodon. He drums and screams at the same time. And it's an amazing thing to see. Wow. He Whoa. is one of the better, like, just give him a microphone in his face and let him scream. No you kidding, that's awesome. It. And he's like the nicest, quietest yeah. little dude. <laughs> and then you put him in front of this big ass drum set, which he studied in college. He has a per drum major. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> we briefly, briefly he's did good. some jamming for a while. A little he's, bit there. A, he's a good dude. So I am, I ended up tracking bass for that record. And, and if we ever play, I'll, so yeah, I'm, but there's I'm, a record I'm, out. I'm in that band. We we have one more bass song together. Oh, <laughs> so it's on. totally in my I want to hear it. I want to hear I'm, some dude, screaming I'll, and some bass. It, dude, man. it's cool. It's cool stuff. They've had it written for years, and uh, they sent me like a iPhone demo one day, and was like, "That's really cool. You should come in and record that someday." And they're like, "Really? Yeah." So uh, then they drafted me to be in the band. So, oh fuck yeah, yeah. So I'm not. We we may never gig with that band. They played one show last summer that I like just couldn't make because mm-hmm. of work travel type thing, but. Uh, I love the vibe of becoming that like engineer producer guy who joins the band for two or three days mm-hmm. yes. in that weekend. I love that. That's the dream. I love that. <laughs> uh, especially my place where like I was saying, like they, they come in and they're like just the happiest people. They're just like so excited and sometimes they're like adorably nervous. And they like, like appreciate it because that's not dude, their everyday thing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, and like we've, we've done enough records like in the, in the PRF scene now that like people kind of know us and they, they know the studio at least. And, uh, it's cool. It's, it's, it, you know, it, we like to make people happy. Like it's, that's, it's a, it's a happy factory. It's not like making records. Like, yeah. You know, get to wake. That's right. right. Like, come in, make some noise, print some vinyl. You'll never make the money back on. And oh, I, uh, I've got a couple boxes sitting in my other room of that I never got of rid course. of. But know? like you wouldn't change those experiences, right? No, or like no, the fact that not. you made vinyl. Oh yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a lifelong dream for yeah. sure. I hope someday to make some more for, for somebody else to pay to make some that's more. Right. Cause that's, that's not cool. a, not a cheap endeavor. How do you guys feel about, uh, the trend of bands putting out tapes? Yeah, I don't have a, a functioning tape player right now, so it's tough for me. I have one in my car actually. <laughs> I've got a, a 2007 car, and nice. so it's, it's still rocking that nice. tape. It's dog. got. I have the um, your buddy who was on. Oh uh, yeah, one of the first guests, Britton Weatherall. Uh, I yeah. don't remember what he really. Britt Jones. Britt Jones, you know Britt. I do know Britt. I've heard that name. Yeah, I've got his tape in my car. He did a cassette, and you should go back and listen to the episode. It was a good one. Sweet. He yeah, that's that's honestly that's the only tape that I've acquired since like the 90s yeah you know? i think so. the i think the the trend of it i guess you could call it is it's interesting because the quality of tape sounds 
re- way different well, than what it's we're used weird. to. Dude, I remember. Like, when was so, the last time you listened listen, to Listen, the last time that I had a functioning tape deck, I, you know, I already had a vinyl collection. I already had CDs and stuff. Like, I knew what the difference would sound like. And I'll, and I'll fucking go to bat. Dr. Dre's The Chronic on cassette tapes sounded Dope, so it was good. That's what it was made for. Yeah, yeah, totally. it, sounded, it sounded better than the CD that I had. In, in not like a hi-fi way, yeah. in a pleasing to listen to fat, low-end right kind yeah. of way. Absolutely. So, I mean, there it is possible to have cool-sounding stuff on mm-hmm. tape. But, yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I've been forcing myself to listen to records again recently, but I'll take the convenience of fucking digital what, all what, day, sure. every day. I do like the idea of it, um, it kind of like how records are, too. Where it's it's a little more difficult to just go track to track. Oh, yeah. So you kind of listen yeah. to it as a whole piece, which I love albums I as a love whole that. piece. Sure. You know? I, uh, I was in a band called The Terrible News for a while, and we put out two cassette tapes, uh, because our like buddy who runs a label in Milwaukee said like, Hey, we want to put this out on tape. I was like, really? You, <laughs> really? You want to? <laughs> okay. And like, to be totally honest with you, I didn't get it until like the box of tapes showed up yeah. and I was like, Oh, this is kind of awesome. Yeah. So we put out two EPs with them on tape. It was dirt fucking cheap. First mm-hmm. of all, really fast. There's no lead times. Like, the mastering for tape is so easy because like, it's not about making it sound good on vinyl. Like you want to do that. You need a couple of those reps a lot of mm-hmm, time to like yeah. make sure it sits right. Cause there's a lot to it. Right. Uh, so I, I wrote, recorded and produced those two EPs on tape and I have never heard either one of them on tape at all. <laughs> wow. Not once. Well, uh, if you've got them, we can go but, hop out. And yeah, we can carry, carry, them, yeah, yeah, I carry them both yeah. with me at all times. Isn't that weird? No, uh, but like the first time we played a show and there was a box of tapes to sell. I mean, it's just a download code. Yeah, it's just a, a, vent, a, a thing for a download code. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with artwork and it just got a little bit more personality to it. Yeah. And it's something that sits on the shelf at home and not like buried away amongst millions of other MPs. It's hard to throw it away, too. You kind of you're holding it in your hand. Yeah. You're not just going to toss it in the garbage. Yeah. And like you, know? you go like you want to listen to it or at least like, you know, like I would go home and press go on Spotify and listen to myself and read yeah. the, read the liner notes and just kind of look at it and stuff like that aspect. So of you it haven't heard cool. it on the tape. The I've actual, literally never heard damn. it. There was, do you there have was, a boom box at home? You can pop I it on. I don't, I totally <laughs> don't. I mean, I'm sure somebody I know has one. That's great. I've just never even been like, Oh, I wonder how this sounds. Yeah. It's like, you know, you mix a record, you hear it four and a half million times. It was weird to not hear it on. It's like final medium, but, mm-hmm. but totally just 10 bucks plus a download code. Like this is kind of cool. Um, and it's from the band, like business point of view, it's much easier to do that than like from a conversion rate point of view. Like you sort of get those people to walk away with your $10 tape and yeah. download as opposed to like, yeah, go check us out on Bandcamp and exactly. yeah. it's a business $10 card. later. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a business card and it's also like, please, you know, you can give me 10 bucks now and I'll give you a thing. Sure. Or maybe you'll go home and remember Which, after no, a night of drinking not, four bands. It's not going to happen. No. Right. Yeah. So Dude, like, we're going to start releasing episodes on cassette tape. $10, $10 a tape. Dude, I kind of like it. These great. motherfuckers are long enough that we're, they're going to have to be like multi yeah, tapes. Yeah, the box set. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, next time we hang out, we're going to listen to your, your album on tape and then we're going to have uh, ready for you this Dude, episode yeah. on cassette. Dude, I love it. Down. Dude, sorry. And that it. was, I mean, I learned so freaking much i can't wait to listen back to this and edit it and just learn all this sh- and hear all the shit again that i missed because i was too stoned where i mean do i even need to ask like where do people go online to find stuff about sure and, and you and all these <laughs> sure. things com, yeah. man, don't worry about me go go check out sure.com they got cool stuff going on we just uh cool products we got m- more mics coming uh we got some really cool like bluetooth headphones and earpieces that just came out nice. um it's 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 a cool place. You know what I mean? It's, and that's it's a whole separate division of the same. Completely, yeah. Local people too, who right? do my job just focus on that that mm-hmm. totally different market, different customer. Totally. That's a lot more like consumery type of thing. And um, yeah, yeah. Go to sure.com. Check it out. The Facebook page, all those you know, 
insert all, all those type Instagram, of things. Instagram, Twitter, and, whatnot. Yeah, if anybody uh, has any questions for me for some reason, then drop a, drop my new gear buds a line and we'll, they'll reach out. You are you are the man. I'm so thankful you're here. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. It was a blast. Thanks, dudes. Awesome. Thanks.